This morning, we actually get to learn more about that. Uh, we're studying 1 Psalm 45 together today. So if you want to get your Bibles out, if you uh, don't have your own Bible, feel free to grab a red Bible in front of you. We also want you to know that's a gift for you. If you don't have one, you know, we would love for you to take that and make that your own personal Bible as well. Uh, as you see, the youth have helped lead some of the service. You probably noticed some at the doors greeting you to helping do offering and uh, handing out bulletins today. That's only a small piece of what these kids do and who they are that you get to see today. And I'm very privileged. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm Lee. I am the youth pastor here at Cherry Hills. And I get the privilege of working with all these students and trying to come alongside them and help them in loving the Lord and loving one another and serving the world. But this morning we're going to focus on who God is and not who I am. So let's pray as we get ready to do that. God, we just thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you for a church that allows youth to lead. That we have a place for children to learn who you are. God, so just be with us today as we dig into your word and learn what this means in our lives and how David, what David wants us to know. So God, I just pray as we get to take today and sing to you and talk to you and now learn from you that you will teach us this morning. In your name, amen. So I'm going to start today by talking to you about a movie I rented a couple weeks ago called Wrath of the Titans. Um, now I just want to give this spiller out here. Some people cringe when somebody says that because they might not have seen the movie yet and they want to. And so I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you what I'm about to share with you, okay? But there is something really amazing that connected today. In that movie, if you have not seen it, it's about a bunch of mythological gods of Zeus and Poseidon, if you've heard of them, and quite a few other gods. And in this movie, after the first movie, the first movie is based off of how one of Zeus's sons realizes who he is and becomes the, du the dude uh, of the world, and he saves the world, you know, and, and saves them from these crazy, big, nasty-looking, bad-smelling monsters. <laughs> and after that comes the second movie. The wrath. And in that, all of a sudden, you start to learn that Zeus and Poseidon and all the other gods start losing power and even a lot of them start dying off. And as I was watching this movie and watching this, the reason they were dying and losing their power is because people stopped worshiping them and people stopped believing in them and people stopped looking to them and going to the temple to show them praise and worship. And the first thing I thought about when I was done with that movie is, I'm grateful I have a God that never dies. Right? I'm grateful that if I don't feel like worshiping Him today for whatever reason, He still will be God. And even if I don't feel like acknowledging Him or loving Him, He's still going to be of all of His power to be who He is. And even if the rest of this world decides I'm not going to acknowledge that there is a God, He's still going to be God. And we get to every Sunday 
come and worship that God. We get to. And we get to learn about him. And we get to know him more. And it's amazing to me, if you look at the back of your notes here, we see this pretty extensive list that David gets us just in Psalm 145. A very, seems big list, but actually a small list of a big God. And he lists all these things, who God is, and he talks about today, we're going to talk about praising and passing. And, and in that, he shows, here's these things that we praise. We've got to praise God, we've got to praise God, we've got to praise God, and here's why. We've got to tell other people about God, we've got to tell other people about God, and here's why. And he does that throughout the psalm when you read it. He'll give you these things we should be doing, and then he explains and gives us these amazing pictures of who God is and why that should be happening. And so this morning, we're going to look at some of these things together and learn. But I want to be sensitive, because this week, you know, I had an interesting week, uh, you know, trying to get ready for Sunday morning, trying to do all my normal youth ministry stuff and personal life stuff. And all of a sudden, Tuesday, something came in and distracted me and actually gave me a lot of stress this week. So much so that Thursday night, I was so having a panic attack about the issue that I cried out to God in bed and just said, I need your help. I don't know what else to do. And so Friday, I came into work and we figured out the issue and finally got it all put together and a game plan and everything. And after that, you know, us men, we try not to cry, right? We're too manly to do that. All of a sudden, God of heaven decided to give me a glimpse of truth of who he is. He showed me one of the items on his list that he is faithful. And in that, I weeped in the office. I actually cried, let's just be honest. Then I got in my car and I started crying more. I called my parents, cried even more. Went home for lunch to my fiance and started crying again. You know, it's just, but it's the reality of when God, that God who never loses power, who never dies, who will never go away no matter what I think or feel, all of a sudden decided to show little Lee Willis a little piece of truth about him. And when you come into contact with God that way, it, uh, it changes your life. But I want to be sensitive, and as I said earlier, because you know what? As I was praying this week, God revealed to my heart, he goes, you know what, though, Lee? You get this blessing that I'm giving you right now, but not everybody feels that way today. Some people might look at me and go, Pastor, right now I don't feel God's very faithful. Right now I don't feel like he loves me. Right now, I just don't even know if he's around. And so, wherever you're at, I want to be sensitive today, even in my excitement about who God is. As we look at how excited David is. But here's my prayer for us this morning. If you're in that state, where you're struggling, where you don't know where you're at with God right now, my prayer for you is before you leave this morning, you will have a peace that this is God and this is true. And if you're in the realm like me where you've had the blessing of God showing himself a little bit to you this week or life recently, my prayer for you is that you'll go out even more excited about who God is. So in our sensitivity, 
And where we're going this morning, let's start in Psalm 145. David starts the psalm out by saying this. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Now, if you're like me, I've never been very good with words, okay? I've never been good at English. I like notes because I can write one line and feel smart. If you see the bulletin column on the back uh, with the, the youth ministry, that is not me. My name is on there and my picture's on the back saying, Lee Willis wrote this, right? In all honesty, you can thank four women in my life. You can thank Tammy, you can thank Sue, Susan, and Malia, all the ladies in the office that make me look good in front of you when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right, yeah, let's clap, you know. They're a blessing because, man... If you saw what I write. <laughs> but in that, in that I was like, man, David talks a lot about praise and a lot about extol and a lot about exalt. And I was like, man, what does this mean though? I mean, it's one thing to say all these things, but what does that mean? And so if we're going to look at that we're supposed to be doing these things in praise, we've got to learn what that looks like. And so first, exalt. Talks about raising and honor. You raise somebody in honor. Then you get to praise, and it talks about offering. And a lot of times we talk about us offering ourselves. And then we get to extol, my favorite word that I didn't know anything about. It talks about praise highly. We praise highly. So here's your, your first note under praise that helps us kind of get focused for the morning is this. We are to lift God up higher than anything else. We are to lift up God higher than anything else. And it needs to be daily. Continually. One author said this in a book I read as I was studying. He said, man, if your issue, whatever it is, your God, the thing you're praising, the thing you fall in love with, if it's a mountain, the size of a mountain, then God better be the skies and above. Because nothing should ever reach your praise and worship of God. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, holy cow, that's crazy. If my issue, whatever it is, is the size of a mountain, it better be the sky or higher that I worship God. That's pretty high. But nothing should ever get so important that it touches our love for God and our praise for God. This last week, we had our boys' summer Bible study at my house that we do. And we were talking about the topic of experiencing God and talking about how we need to adjust our lives to God, not God adjusting His life to us, which sometimes we struggle with. So before we got started, I asked all the boys, I said, write down on your notes, what are some things that distract you from God or spending time from God? And so they wrote that down, and then I looked at them, and I said, all right, this is my challenge to you as we're going to start practicing adjusting our life to God versus you uh, adjusting his life to you. And I said, I want you this next week from Wednesday to Wednesday to give up whatever you just wrote down. You should have seen the look on their faces. I seriously, I'm not trying to be gross. That one of them pooped his pants. 
It was awesome. <laughs> but in that, in that, I said, I'm not just going to ask this of you guys. I need to do this myself, too. And for me, my mountain thing is uh, what I like to call Xbox 360, MLB 2K11, and that is a video game, a pro baseball game, where I get to create me and put me in the video game, and I get to become a professional baseball player, something I've always wanted to do. So in that, we challenge each other. And I know some of the boys are in here and they're looking at me, so who knows where they're at right now, halfway through this process. But unfortunately, I have to stand in front of you and admit something. I like to blame my dad in all honesty, but I can't. Because he's a Brave fan. I got drafted by the Braves. I'm a pitcher for the Braves. And I wanted to show him my game and show him my player and how good I am. And so here's my struggle. I know I'm not supposed to, but I sinfully want to. And so I go to my fiance and I say, what do I do? I want to play this. I mean, that's how bad I am at that game. Like, I could waste a ton of hours on that game, in all seriousness. And she looks at me and she goes, that is between you and God. Oh, <laughs> seriously? You're going to give me that answer right now? And so then I had the dynamic. I was like, well, oh, and I gave in. But I'm proud to say I only played one game. My record is now 21 and 4, 2.08 ERA, 279 strikeouts. I am a stud and watch out all the fame. But anyways, <laughs> but even in that simplest thing, I fall short sometimes of showing God what he deserves being the man God's called me to be. God should always be way higher than my Xbox or anything else in my life. Why don't you read this verse with me on our notes? Verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. The next line there is, God is so great we cannot fully understand Him. Now, we can start to get to know him because we have his Bible, right? We can start to get to know him because of what he does in our lives and what we hear from other people and what he does in their lives. We can get to know God, but we will never fully understand God till we go to heaven to be with him someday. And I so look forward to that day because I really believe when we hear about this greatness, like we think we get it a lot of times, but I don't know if we really do. Because I think when we get to heaven and all of a sudden we see God in this greatness and fully understand God as he is, we're just going to like fall on our knees and just start worshiping and going, wow, this is it. I mean, you get that beautiful picture in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 of all the creatures in heaven. They're on their knees before God because of who he is. Worshiping. Because he deserves it. Because even though we have this seems like a big list, it's really minute to who he really is. We talk with junior high all the time about God's love and how to kind of understand that. Man, I still don't even totally get that, to be honest. And we talked about how 
you know, one night at youth group, we said, all right, you know, find somebody in your head who you think loves you the most. It could be your mom, it could be your dad, it could be a friend, it could be somebody else. And how much do they love you? And, you know, some of the kids would be like, they loves me this big, you know. And then a few of the kids would be like, well, today they kind of love me right here, you know. And it's fun to see the different responses. But then we talk about God's love, and it's like, man, if we can't fully understand the human love we get, how could we ever fully understand how much God's love is for us? And it goes with this greatness. How will we ever understand? But the beautiful thing of that is, is we have this awesome God who is that great, who loves us that much, and we get to know him. And we get to praise him. And we get to tell other people about him. And David loves talking about him and wanting other people to know about him. But as we see this, he is worthy of praise next to your notes. But in that, it shows our limitations. It shows our limitations. When you look through this list, we're very limited. Let's be honest. If Lee Willis was God, we'd be in trouble. I mean, honestly, when you think about it, I'm not always kind. I'm not always patient. I don't always have the love I should have for people. I lack those things. But yet, here's a God that does all those things. And he wants you to know him. He wants you to see it. He wants you to believe it. He doesn't want you to leave this place doubting anymore that he is those things. And it's interesting, our limitations, because, you know, sometimes I like to play God with my life. I like to be in control, and I like to do things my way. I even like to sometimes tell God through prayer how he's supposed to be, or how it should be. When I come to the conclusion that, man, I'm still not all that, as much as I want to blow up my own head, and trust me, the ladies in the office help me. Pop it down. <laughs> but it's a good thing we're not God because we're limited. That's why we're called human and he's called God. And we get to know him and we get to worship him. How awesome is that? But here's the next thing I, I find very interesting is this. When we come to sing. When we come to worship, we're saying this, I am committed to you. I am committed to you. You don't worship or praise what you're not committed to. Me, unfortunately, MLB 2K11, I give a lot of commitment to. But when I come here, we should be raising our hands saying, God, I'm committed. Or I'm recommitting again. You are my king. You are my God. You are all these things. But I find it interesting, too, because when you think of Psalms, you know, usually you think of David, right? I mean, he wrote most of them. But then you get to this point where in your next note that Psalm 145 is actually David's last chance to share his heart. His last chance to share his heart. And man, what a heart he shares, isn't it? 
I mean, look at these things he tells us. I started thinking this week, like, what if this was my last sermon to ever give? What would I say? What would I do? In all honesty, my biggest heart would be that you know who God is and you know that this is true and that you have a peace that you know you worship and follow and can pass on a God that is so awesome that even when a movie, a human-made movie shows these human-made gods that die off because I don't worship them, we still have a God that's still able to be there. That's amazing, folks. And a lot of times I downplay that. But even in that, I start wondering, what's all of our responses at the same time if this was our last chance to tell somebody we love about God? Would we pour out our hearts like David does? Would we say, this is what God's done in my life? This is who God is. Or do we pass up the chance? I mean, David didn't hold back. It was a no-holds-bar. This is my last chance to tell you this. You need to know this. Here it is. God is this, 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 this. And because of this, I'm going to praise him. Because of this, I'm going to tell other people. You know, and then because of that, this is going to happen. And this, and because of this. Folks, where are we with that? You know, I get the privilege every year after Christmas to have a lot of kids excitedly come up to me and tell me what they got for Christmas. And sometimes they bring to youth group their presents from Christmas. And, you know, that's awesome. And we're very blessed in this country to have those gifts, you know. But then I start thinking, like, man, we get so excited. We want to tell people about these gifts that won't last when we die. But yet when it comes to God, who's way bigger than that, we have a whole book on we, we don't always go and get excited, and we, yet we sit here and tell ourselves, this is the greatest gift I've ever received, that God came and down as a human and died for me, and now I get to know him, and now I get to worship him. This God that I believe, who's showed me that he's compassionate, showed me he's loving, showed me he's faithful, and a lot of times we don't tell people. This could be your last chance, Cherry Hills, to tell somebody. What are you going to do with that? But even in all that, I love it because David goes on to say, even though we're going to worship, we're going to praise, and all these people are going to do this in response, this is what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to meditate and proclaim the greatness of God. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to stick my head on it, what that means, that God is great. And then in that, I'm going to tell other people about it. I'm going to proclaim I mean, man, how cool is that? He got to be a part of the Bible, and he's proclaiming to us through a page of paper who God is. That's pretty awesome. The sad thing is, I I have a story to share with you, and I'm not so proud of the beginning of it. Is this year in January, I got to go with college students to a conference called Passion. And, oh, man, awesome conference. Probably one of the best I've ever been to with 40,000-plus other college students. Now, obviously, I'm a little too old to be a college student, but I snuck in as a leader. But to be honest, at the beginning of that, I had a horrible attitude. And this is why. 
Because before Christmas break, I decided to commit my heart to my fiance, and she did as well. And so over Christmas break, we took about a week and a half, two weeks of vacation, each of us. And she went back to Wisconsin, and I went back to Iowa. And man, talk about missing her. I was like crazy some days. Like, I want to talk to her. I want to see her. I want her to be there. And I was just frustrated. But I'll tell you one thing, a life lesson, especially if you do fantasy football, okay? When you get the opportunity to talk to your fiancé on the phone, and she calls you, and Drew Brees is about ready to set his NFL record for pass yards, do not let the phone go and start screaming and getting excited and shouting for Drew Brees. Stay on the phone, okay? Life lesson early before football season kicks in. I wrote that one down so I remember But then after Christmas break came back, we both came to Springfield. And guess what? I only had one day to be with her. And then I had to leave for a whole nother week again. I didn't want to leave. My heart was to the point where I was talking to God, not in probably the most positive way, saying, I don't want to go. Why can't somebody else for once go with these students? Why do I always have to go? I want to be with my fiance. Why can't somebody else do it? And I started getting mad, and I didn't want to go, I'll be honest. My ride down, I was probably not the most pleasant guy to be in the car with because in my head I was still playing this whiny route of I want to stay home and be with my fiancé. I don't want to be at this conference. Then I got to the conference, and God decided to start changing my heart. One of the things he convicted me on, he said, Lee, Christy's your mountain right now. Am I higher? Oh. Because we talk about in our relationship, we want God to be first before us. And especially singly, we want God to be looked to before we look to each other. And so God convicted me. And in that week, it was such a blessing. God challenged our whole group to raise a million dollars to help stop slavery in the world. That's a lot of money for college students. And in the end, on Friday, we had a four-day, it was a four-day conference, and at the end on Friday, Louis Giglio, who runs Passion, and his wife came up on stage, and they told us, they said, man, because of you guys, we get to bless this. And we had a list earlier where the million would go, and he starts reading off where they're going to go and what it's going to do. And at the end of that, he goes, by the way, we've got more in a second here. And Kyle Cranon, if you all know who he is, Pastor Larry's son, we were standing next to each other at that moment. We looked at each other, and we're like, how much did we make? And in the end, in four days, 40,000 plus college students, we raised over $3 million to stop slavery in the world. And here comes out Chris Tomlin, ready. If you've ever got the privilege of listening to the album White Flag and worshiping with it, and there's a song on there that talks about I stand up and I wave my right, right flag, white flag, and I surrender all to you. And in that moment, after hearing that number, like I just started weeping. I don't know if you've ever had this moment, but I'm trying to sing and worship God because I want to because of who he is, his greatness. And I wanted to praise him, but nothing was coming out. All I could do is weep. And all of a sudden in my heart and in my head, I wanted to scream out, God still cares. 
He cares for the injustices of the world. He cares so much that he put on the heart of 40,000 plus college students to say, I'm tired of what's happening to people in the world. It should not be this way. Will you put on your heart to give? And we did, over 3 million. And I'm sitting there weeping and reminding myself, God is so faithful. God loves people. God's this. God's that. And I couldn't sing. Because he is that. And I'm sorry if right now for you, you're like, man, it's not there. I will pray for you that you will come to know that. Will you read verse 4 with me on your notes? <coughs> One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. The next line is this. God should be praised beyond our lifetime. Beyond our lifetime. Here's the reality, church. All of us are called to tell the next generation. That might mean somebody that's a year younger than you. It might be a student in high school or junior higher. It might be a child. We are all called to share to the next generation who God is. It's not left to the paid staff like myself. All of us as the body of Christ are supposed to be sharing God to the next generation. But I'll tell you this. If you know anybody that's a volunteer with students or works down in the children's ministry, paid or not paid, you should thank them for helping pass on to the next generation, the children, the youth, God. Because this church is very blessed with as many students as we have. I mean, think about this church. How cool would it be? How cool would it be that if we started passing on a generation so much that all of a sudden we filled half this room with youth that worship with us because they get to know God because one of us in this room shared with the next generation. That would be so cool. That's our responsibility. You know what I find interesting is throughout the Bible, God doesn't just say it here. He shares it in Deuteronomy. He shares it in the New Testament. He shares it throughout the Old Testament. That it's all our responsibility to be sharing to the next generation who he is. Paid or not paid. Read this next verse with me. Verse 12. So that all men may know of your mighty acts and glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your next note, all men need to know God. He makes it very clear on this point too throughout the Bible, New Testament and Old. He wants every single person ever created on this earth to know Him. And that's our job. Now we know some people won't respond, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean we don't do it. How would you not want somebody to know this God? That we get to praise. Why would you stop? How cool would it be if for now on on Sundays we could never find a seat in here because everybody is telling everybody about God and people are coming here knowing who God is and finding out who God is and praising God with us because everybody in this room decided this is serious business. I would love it. Because God wants all of all 
everyone to know him. Not just some. And here's the thing I love is the response to this. If we tell people, if we pass on to the next generation, this is what they get to do. They get to speak about God. They get to tell people about God as well. They get to celebrate with us about God, and they get to sing to God with us. How cool is that? They get to respond the way we right now get to respond. They get to talk to God. They get to spend time with God. They get to learn from God. They get to sing with God. They get to celebrate victories with God. That is pretty awesome. When you read Psalm 145, David makes it very crystal clear. We are to pass and we are to praise God for who he is. So in a minute here, I'm going to ask the team to come out to get ready because there's a song at Passion that really impacted me that I thought would go really well with this. And Matt Redman uh, wrote this song and plays this song at Passion and other places. It's 10,000 Reasons. And in that, he talks about in one of the verses how there's 10,000 reasons why we worship God and why we come to sing to God. And one of the things he's doing right now, he said he started a passion, is he's taking every day and writing reasons down in his journal why he worships God. And he said he wants to get to the point in his journal where there's 10,000 reasons. And I thought, well, that'll be pretty easy. You know, when you really think about it, it'll be easy. But it's awesome because he's like, then I can remember who God is. And then I can see the reasons why I worship God. And so this is where we're going, Cherry Hills. We want you to challenge you. Will you take this week to awaken to God's greatness? And this is one of the things at Fuge we got challenged on Friday night. The lead worship pastor of that week looked at us and said, you know, a lot of times we come into worship and we sing together, but a lot of times you sing because I tell you to. We don't always sing because we're worshiping really God. I mean, really, we should be on the edge of our seats ready to worship and ready to pray and ready to hear the word. You know, and I'm guilty that I'm not always there. Some Sundays I'm like, yeah. Other Sundays I'm like, not in the mood. And when he challenged us that, he said this, and I'm going to do the same thing with you. He said, pick one reason why tonight, the last night at camp, you're going to worship God. It might be this attribute. It might be this attribute. It might be this attribute. And then as we sing the night together, you worship God because of that reason, no other reason. And if you don't have a reason yet, pray to God and spend time talking to Him before you sing. And when you find that reason, join us. And so Cherry Hills, I'm going to challenge you. On the back here, there are some reasons why we should be worshiping God today. I challenge you as we get ready to sing this song, 10,000 Reasons, to choose one reason why to worship God. That's all one. As we sing, give it all to Him. Give it all to Him.